25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, what's up? Football on the docket today. Mr. Clower would be tickled with that. I know I am. Hope you are as well. Yeah, there's actually, I mean, there's movement going on out there in the football world. I mean, it's not just uh, drumming up a topic like we were doing back in um, March and, you know, the better part of April and a good portion of May. (laughs) I think we actually have some moving and shaking going on in the uh, college football world thank goodness and so we get to talk about it together me and you and beaver here on the show today on this tuesday in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team they are your home team at farm bureau insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of mississippi they are your hometown heroes that local farm bureau insurance agent who's uh, right down the road somebody you can Get to know personally, one-on-one, face-to-face, the way it ought to be. And that's the way it is with Farm Bureau Insurance. We stay connected to you here on the show because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer-inspired. You know, it's a great uh, Mississippi company. been here a long time, and they've put roots down in Mississippi, and so they've built their network and doing a lot for uh, Mississippi uh, sports, high school, college, you know, you see them supporting and sponsoring just any and everything out there. It seems like in the sports world, C Spire here in Mississippi. And it's interesting. I was looking up the bio on the Mississippi State website. It's hailstate.com of one of the coaches on the football staff who's going to be on the show here in just a minute. And up at the top, there it is. There's the banner, what they call in the Internet world, like the banner at the top of the page. It's the Mississippi State logo, and then it's the C Spire logo right there. That's interesting. Yeah, the coach I'm talking about is Tony Hughes. We know him well here in this part of the state. Really, everybody does. And he's coached, it seems like, everywhere in Mississippi at one time or another. Uh, recently, the head coach at Jackson State. Of course, he's been on those Mississippi State staff, spent time at Southern Miss. He coached at Ole Miss for Ed Ogeron. Uh, he's been in the junior college ranks, the high school ranks in Mississippi. He's from here. And so Coach Hughes set to join us coming up in just a bit. First, though, I just want to say hi to Beaver. Uh, Beaver, I'm giving you a little salute here, saying hello, waving. I know you can't see me, but I am waving at you. How you doing? Hey, Matt Wyatt. Uh, I'm doing okay. We usually have our, you know, pre-show little chit-chat, but yeah. mm-hmm. Chris Brooks and Jake Wimberly decided, oh, this is my studio, and they they, oh, they got they... they got me all wrapped up. <laughs> so they took over, began their little post-show powwow. Uh, I always know that you know with with Chris and Jake two of the nicest guys in the world it's always laughter and cutting up and being nice but sometimes you just want to close your eyes and imagine them fighting like are they just 
you know, Jake doesn't like something Chris said. They get into it after the show. We can we can at least imagine that, right, Beaver? Well, actually, Jake is still here, so you get the answer from him. Well, I tell you what. Well, I don't know if you see it there on the screen. I typed in the, yeah. the contact for Coach Hughes. You get a hold of Coach Hughes for me, and I'm going to ask Jake himself. We're going to get it straight from uh, the mouth of the south. Jake, hello, Mr. Wyatt. How are hello. You? Hey, good to see you. I'm great. Was your was your conversation with Chris a cordial one, or were, were we having issues? No, it was actually cordial. We were actually talking tournament baseball for the weekend. I was asking him uh, where yeah. they were headed and <laughs> had he been to the new Vicksburg Park, which I hear is phenomenal. I haven't seen that park, but I've heard that it is yeah. unbelievable. So we were actually having a cordial conversation on baseball. Hey, it's interesting. I'm actually in Vicksburg this week, um, spending time with, with family here. And I, too, have heard great things about that new facility, the new youth sports complex. I don't really know what the exact name of it is. I've never seen it. And you know what? I'm going to drive over there this afternoon. Are they? Did he say they're coming to Vicksburg or are they going somewhere else? I think they're going to be in Flowood uh, this week. Okay. But there is a big um, qualifier, just from people that I've talked to, that's happening this weekend. It starts Friday. It's one of those Friday, Saturday, Sunday deals. It's a it's a big yeah. to do this weekend in Vicksburg. And and looking at the photos, I've looked at the photos on, uh, online. I don't think it does it justice. Everything there looks to be field turf, uh, which will be you know great as far as maintenance is concerned. So it, I would say that you would uh, probably enjoy going to look at that. Yeah, I'm gonna go check it out. And I guess that's probably the new thing now in youth sports, isn't it? It's uh, certainly in baseball, more and more fields that are made of that field turf stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And uh, you know, and for for city parks, it makes sense because if you can invest a little more money in that, then you don't have to pay for the upkeep. Um, weather is not going to beat it up as bad, and maybe you can even get some ball games in that traditionally you you wouldn't get in because of mud and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what, Jake? Um, I know you may have seen this, but one of the more fascinating things that um, that I have seen. Regarding field turf, this would have been, I guess it would have been last fall. It might have been in the early part of, like, football practice in August. But anyway, you know, Tupelo High School, my hometown, they have the field turf. It's blue. Yep, been there. You know, the blue turf. Yeah, you've been there. Well, Trent Hammond, who was the head coach at the time, posted a picture on his Twitter feed. They hired this guy who comes to these field turf places, these field turf fields, and he has this big mechanism that he pulls behind like a mower or a tractor that is this giant magnet, okay, that kind of rolls along the ground behind him. And this magnet, he pulls it over your field turf field, and it sucks up any bit of metal from tiny to big that could potentially be buried down in the field turf that could hurt somebody or do damage or whatever. And in the picture that um, Trent Hammond posted was of all the crap that they had sucked up out of the fake turf at Tupelo that you couldn't believe all that stuff was down there with your kids running around on it, you know? I mean, I'm talking from, like, little bitty pointy paper clips to, you know, a a roofing tack to giant rusty nails. It, It really was amazing. And I thought, you talk about fun would be to, like, go use this magnet on all these different surfaces and you're finding coins and watches 
<laughs> and necklaces and all that kind of stuff because there's no telling what you can pull up out of there. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I didn't realize that uh, – you don't ever think about that kind of stuff in field turf, but that makes sense. Hey, Matt, it's good to visit yeah. with you. I see you have uh, the great the great coach Tony Hughes on. So I am going to get out of the way yeah. and uh, kind of yield left to him. So y'all have a great show. Okay. you Make sure you stay out of Beaver's way, okay, because he's trying to get his job done. In there. I'm, I'm fixing to get right out of the way. Have a good <laughs> out show. Out of the way. You too, man. Thank you. That's the great Jake Wimberly. Y'all listen to him this afternoon on ESPN 105.9 The Zone on The Drive. He and Bieber this afternoon. All right, let's talk football right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. The humidity is here. It's getting hotter. It is going to rain. You are going to need to mow. Get yourself a brand new mower at uh, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. On the line, Coach Tony Hughes, Associate Head Football Coach at Mississippi State, and uh, we know the name, and you do too, if you've been around at all, because he's been around coaching at all different levels here in the state of Mississippi. Coach, I really do appreciate some time with you here on this Tuesday. And, you know, I know you're not back to full football activities yet, but at least it's something this week on campus, right? No no question about it. Our players are, are coming back in this week, and uh, we're going through uh, orientation phases of doing things in a different way the new normal i guess is what they're calling it and trying to uh connect that to football uh and how to get back on the field and in the weight room and doing those things so we're excited uh to be back in the office and working and uh trying to prepare for a season and and getting our kids back on campus getting them ready to start uh training again right coach tony hughes on your radio right now so coach hughes this week, the week of June 1st, is this sort of like this is the week where you're just kind of working through getting all the players sort of moved back onto campus? Is that kind of what's going on this week? It's an orientation process. Uh, you know, okay. the kids have been gone for three or four months, uh, whatever that exact time frame is. And uh, different parts of the country, we've had kids in New Mexico, uh, we have kids in, in Arizona. We have kids in California and Florida and not to say the, you know, different places in Mississippi from the coast to North Mississippi to Jackson to, uh, the Delta and, you know, just all around and, and, uh, mm-hmm. getting them all back in one place safely, uh, healthy, uh, is, is very challenging as you can imagine. You just don't pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, we're starting practice tomorrow, and uh, you know you be here at uh, a certain time. But that that all takes a lot of uh, coordination from our uh, trainers, our athletic department, our equipment, and everybody that's involved in in the program. And getting that back safely, getting everything uh, with our strength coach, and getting everything lined up. So it's a time-saving uh, process, but. Uh, you have to be very organized and, and uh, very uh, deliberate up front because you want it to be a smooth transition once they are able to start working out again. Well, and you mentioned, Coach, the new normal, and that's the thing. I mean, as long as you've been in the coaching business, there's kind of this routine. Well, there is no routine, is it? I mean, like everything y'all are working through is all brand new. Correct, exactly. And, uh, 
it's uh, orchestrated. You know, it's orchestrated by by our trainers and our health uh, officials and our doctors on campus of of, of what is safe, uh, what is uh, looking out for the best interest of the health of the student athletes uh, that are returning to campus. Right, Coach Tony Hughes is on your radio right now. He is the associate head coach at Mississippi State on the staff for Mike Leach. Um, you know, y'all know Coach Hughes. He's he's coached in the state of Mississippi for a long time and at different levels. Coach, um, looking ahead to next week. Okay, so those of us on the outside, you know, just media fans, we saw what the SEC said. Hey, you know, starting Monday, June the eighth, you can begin voluntary workouts. And yes. So we just see that, and we kind of, in our head, we just, we're like, oh, yay, great, workouts are going to start. But in reality, how, um, how much are players going to be getting done in this voluntary phase? And kind of like, help me to understand what kinds of activities will be involved in voluntary workouts. Well, you know, in, in the summer, um, there's always been a phase of voluntary workout. Uh, you know, Matt, like when, uh, you know, and I don't know how it was in the 90s when you were playing or, or mm. you, you used to did not um, have all your players on campus in the summer. Uh, yeah. There was one time where everybody went home at the end of the spring and the, the strength coach gave you a training regimen and you came back in August and you had a test and a conditioning test, and, you know, there were a few guys on campus, you know, people that are trying to graduate or academic issues or working part-time and things like that. But, you know, 90% of your team wasn't there. And so that's how the word voluntary workouts, especially in the summer, came about, that uh, it wasn't mandatory to make your team stay on campus. But as time grew and you began to scholarship kids in the summer uh, to stay on campus and to – take classes toward graduation and help graduation rates and things like that, um, you know, that's when the numbers began to increase uh, and you began to get 90% of your team that would stay on campus the whole summer. But it wasn't, uh, you know, a mandatory. It was a voluntary thing. Well, you know, as a leader of the team and you're the quarterback, then you're going to make sure all your receivers are there and all the offensive linemen are there. And that's where the word voluntary comes from. Now that you have them all in summer school, um, you uh, have these workouts that's that's directed toward that. It's just a 21st century word for what used to happen back in the day, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it it definitely does. And and anybody that wants to get ahead and, and compete at the highest level in the SEC uh, the best football in the country uh, are going to be there every single day. Whether you say it's mandatory or voluntary, you better be training because you're going to have to play against the best of the best. And, and if you want to be the best of the best, this is what's outlined and this is what you're going to have to do. So that's, uh, if, if I'm making sense, that's the word uh, that's used. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then there are some kids that may be non-scholarship walk-ons that are paying their own way. Uh, that come and pay their own way, and, you know, the word volunteer is used for them, or they don't come to summer school because they're paying out of their pocket, and they stay at home and they work out on their own. But, you know, for the most part, 
uh, all of the scholarship kids that are here uh, come to workouts, to train, to get prepared for the season, and that's where that work comes in. So the thing that they'll do uh, under the new guidelines or the same things that anybody does to train, you know, the weightlifting, the the running programs, and different things like that, uh, it's just, you know, done uh, with more spacing and in uh, in a more timely type of manner and things like that. But, you know, there's no way to avoid uh, squatting or power cleaning or running uh, hundreds, you know, to yeah. prepare for See, there's no secret way to do that, you know. Right. That's right. I mean, you know, there are, I guess, is some things you work your way up to. It's really fascinating to think about, you know, all the newness that you as a coaching staff are adjusting to. to uh, Coach uh, Tony Hughes on your radio right now. You all know Coach Hughes uh, Longtime assistant at Mississippi State and a couple different stints for different coaches. Also former head coach at Jackson State. Spent time. He was on the staff of that bowl team at Southern Miss, the New Orleans Bowl winners in 2008. Spent time on Ed Ogeron's staff at Ole Miss. Um, but, Coach, I, as I was looking at your bio, I just had to go down memory lane for just a sec, if you don't mind. And that is sure. I saw you had uh, a good bit of time. You were at Heinz Community College in the late 90s. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, uh, I'm going to bring up one name to you and see what your response is of a guy that I got to play with at State who came from those Heinz teams that you were a coach on, Kevin Prentice. When I mention yeah. the name Kevin Prentice, what comes to mind? Uh, one of the best football players that I've ever seen, and I know he's one of the best players that you've ever seen too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Uh, an electric uh, football player, great person, great human being, very mild-mannered, very humble guy. Mm-hmm. But i tell you what, uh, maybe small in stature, but a giant uh, in uh, the game of football. I was, uh, you know, during some of the time of, uh, you know, that, that we, before we were able to come back to work, I saw the, uh, the uh, SEC championship game where he single-handedly, almost beat Tennessee by himself. Uh, the, the smallest guy on the field that, that had the most impact on, in the stadium that night yeah. uh, was Kevin Prentice, and a great player at Hines. I mean, he could you know he could do anything, run back kicks. He can catch the football. Once he got the football in his hands, he was quick, fast, and uh, very, very elusive. But uh, a great person, comes from a great family, and a, a, a great human being. I'm in his hometown of Vicksburg this week, and uh, I, when I saw that, the light bulb came on. I wish I could, you know, look him up and find him. You know, and I, I, I did think, Coach, okay, so he was there at Hines playing on offense. There had to be, at some point, you were coaching the secondary. You had to think, man, I would love for this guy to play corner. How would you not get him on the defensive side of the ball? <laughs> well, you know, uh, in, in the state of Mississippi, there's so many kids that are under recruited, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of size or um, academics or you know different things. And the Mississippi Junior College system is the best in the country at uh, giving kids opportunities to come and develop and uh, become uh, great players and get scholarships and move on to to larger schools. And so Kevin was. You know, he was he was like that. They had other guys that 
uh, Warren Central that may have been bigger, faster, stronger, and all of those things. But because he was a good student and he had, you know, some tangibles and some characteristics that you liked, uh, quick mm-hmm. bursts and speed, but nobody ever imagined that he was going to be one of the best players in the SEC. And uh, But it's an insight of our coaches at Hines, uh, you know, Coach uh, Murphy, the head coach there, and then even Coach Cheryl uh, for giving a scholarship to, a, you know, a 5'8", 5'9", whatever he was, probably not that right. tall, but I'll give him that. <laughs> a 140-pound <laughs> guy playing in the SEC, and even people were scratching their heads like, you know, what is he going to do? In, in the SEC, a land of giants, but you know that's uh, that's great evaluation by uh, head coaches that uh, would uh, sign a guy like Kevin Prince and and then reap the benefits of how good a player he actually turned out to be. Yep, he's a great example. You're exactly right. Hey, coach, it's great to talk to you. Uh, for a football guy like me, it's just it does me good just to hear your voice. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you on campus real soon. Thank you. Okay, man. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. That's Tony Hughes, associate head coach, Mississippi State. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, he'll focus from a position standpoint. He'll coach nickel uh, guys in that secondary. Has spent a lot of time in the secondary in his career. Um, great guy. I think the world of Coach Hughes, and uh, so do the folks around the state of Mississippi in uh, high schools and colleges alike. And in coordinating this transition into voluntary workouts beginning next week, he has his hands full. Uh, All right, so I'll get your texts, your phone calls, all that coming up next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. show in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team i'm matt beaver is here most importantly you are here which means we can have a radio show if you're here we can have one so uh, feel free to be a part of it there's lots of ways for you to communicate with me every day on the show you can text us on the country please and text line that number, it's uh, it's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Got it? Write it down, commit it to memory, 885-ESPN. If you need the number itself, it's 885-3776. Text away, and uh, we'll read it on the air. Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast, everywhere you go. Just say Country Please and Please, they'll know what you're talking about, and you won't be sorry. It is the best. You can also call me. You can be like Coach Hughes. Everybody can hear your voice on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Here's a number to call, 995-1059. That is a 601 number, 995-1059. Hit me up. Love to hear your voice today. You can tweet me as well. Every now and then I'm clicking over here and checking Twitter. It's just uh, at Radio Wyatt. That's me, at Radio Wyatt on Twitter, and I'll check it out. We were talking about the uh, earlier with Jake about the ballpark here in Vicksburg, 
Rebel Greg texted the show, country please and text line. My 10-year-old played at Sports Force Complex in Vicksburg. That's the name of it, Sports Force Complex in Vicksburg. That is kind of a tongue twister. Say it, say it five times fast. Try it right now. Sports Force Complex, Sports Force Complex. Force. <laughs> You're going to mess it up the third time. It's uh, it, Rebel Greg says it's second to none. It's the Little League New Dude. They played there this past weekend. Okay, so I want to go check it out. I'm going to do that. I'm going to drive by there and take a look at it here in Vicksburg um, while I'm in town. I hope, speaking of Coach Hughes, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, that conversation with him. It was very brief considering all the things we could have gotten into. I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, insight from his perspective. A guy who has been in coaching for, what, 35 years? He's been in coaching in college Mississippi, uh, in college in Mississippi for 20 years and at the major college level for now at least, well, a little over 15 of those 20 years at the major college level and including in Division One at Ole Miss, Southern Miss, and Mississippi State and at Jackson State where he was the head coach. So he's just kind of been through every – Seen everything, been through every possibility of you know preseason stuff, what you go through, the changes over the years, getting teams ready, when does practice start, when do we get them back? And for somebody who's been in coaching as long as he has, this still is brand new. It's totally different. And we're sitting here on Tuesday of this week, the first week of June, where all these colleges around the country and these coaching staffs, like Coach Hughes, as associate head coach, he's kind of organizing all this of, okay, how do we get them back? Who is coming back right now for voluntary workouts? Because not all are. Most are. How do we get them back? Now, how many times a day do they have to be tested? Do they? How long do they have to kind of basically self-quarantine after the initial test till we get the results back to see if they have it? What are we going to do if somebody does test positive? And then once we start workouts next week, how many are in the weight room at once? How many are coming through the facility all at once? And, you know, all those things they're juggling it, and a lot of that's on Coach Hughes' shoulders. <laughs> and, and you know, look, it's a luxury for a place like Mississippi State that you have a guy on your staff who's been in coaching that long. So I just think that you um, you got a little bit of a look there, kind of what they're jumping through. And then next week, you know, a week from yesterday, Monday, June the 8th, that's when the – time period of the actual voluntary workouts can begin and like he said so voluntary how does that mean if you're the he gave a great example yeah if you're a a quarterback and you're kind of taking to the leadership role the way you're supposed to you're going to make sure that you and all your receivers are getting your work in and maybe it involves uh running throwing well how do you do that man how do you throw everybody touching a football well i don't know but until they told me I couldn't do it, I'd figure out a way to throw. That's just me. You're competitive, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, it means I might need to get one of the trainers to volunteer to come and help me out and make sure we continue to sanitize this football. <laughs> I know. It's different. Everything's different. But those are the kinds of things that you're going to have to think about, I think. Uh, Grumpy, thanks for your text on the country-pleasing text line. He says, Matt. 
Today would have been my dad's 100th birthday. He played on the Mississippi State 1941 SEC championship football team. He loved MSU State College back then and the good people of Starkville. Many of those people helped my dad, who was an orphan from New Jersey uh, through his MSU years. He never forgot them. Thanks for the great show. Hail State from Grumpy. Thank you, Grumpy. Appreciate the story. Happy birthday. 100th birthday to dad. Uh, you know, Grumpy, I, I'll say it again. Somebody gave you the wrong name. <clears throat> Your texts are never grumpy. That's just the way it is. And, boy, did I have a good time going down memory lane about Kevin Prentice. Y'all remember Kevin? When I was looking at Coach Tony Hughes' resume, I realized he was coaching defense at Hines Community College in the late 90s. Well, mid to late 90s. Well, that's when Kevin Prentice would have graduated from Warren Central High School in Vicksburg, went to Hines Community College, then came to us at Mississippi State and was lightning in a bottle. Just like Coach Hughes said, the smallest guy on the field, but the fastest on the field, the quickest on the field. You've heard people say, oh, well, that so-and-so over there is so quick, you can't get a hand on him in a phone booth, right? You've heard that you know, illustration before about somebody who's really quick. Kevin Prentice, who was on the state championship, that state championship team at Warren Central in 94 that beat – South Panola for state championship. Kevin Prentice was that quick, almost quite literally. Getting a phone booth with him, couldn't get a hand on him. He's so quick. I saw a lot of times he would, you know, you talk about like a, a, a juking somebody out of their shoes on a practice field. We got to see it over and over and over with Kevin Prentice on our teams at Mississippi State, and he was the smallest guy. But anybody that watched that 98 SEC championship game, you'll remember that kick return and some of the explosive plays in his career. And I always did think, you know, it's interesting, Kevin was always able to stay on the offensive side of the ball. And you always wondered if, you know, somebody was going to put him on defense. But even post-college, he played some indoor football, arena league football, but was always on the offensive side of the ball just because he was so quick with the ball in his hands. But here's a question for you, you high school, foot, uh, high school football fanatics and nuts out there who've been keeping up with it for years and years and years. We talk about those South Panola teams, loaded South Panola teams, the, the mid-'90s South Panola teams that had Deshay Townsend and Dwayne Rudd and those. You remember they beat Warren Central in one state championship game, and then they had a rematch. And in the rematch, Warren Central won it. Well, what about those Warren Central teams? And the players that were on it, I mean, were there any more loaded, at least in terms of high school football talent? You, you, you find me some other high school teams that were more loaded than that one was in the mid-'90s. You had Rob Morgan at quarterback. You had Brian Darden, the running back, who was an all-world recruit and wound up going to Tennessee. You had Kevin Prentice at one receiver. You had James Jones at the other. Okay, and that's just to name a few. <laughs> Uh, that program there at Warren Central. Um, hey, uh, speaking of, let me let me see. This is uh, from Tip on the uh, Country Please and Text Line. He said, "I played with Kevin Prentice at Warren Central. He is a great dude, and football may have not been his best sport. He was a stud at basketball and baseball too. You know, Tip. It's I never got to see Kevin play baseball. I have seen Billy Hamilton." play baseball, the major leaguer, you know, from Taylorsville, 
and Billy's a little taller than Kevin was. But there is no question that that a Kevin Prentice type of athlete, Kevin on the base paths, I believe would have been Billy Hamilton fast. He would have been that much of a threat stealing bases. Well, I mean, to that level, I know that, you know, Billy Hamilton, again, that speed alone has gotten him in the major leagues, it seems like. But uh, but I think Kevin would have been on that level, certainly running the base pass, no, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, I want to give you a heads up. Coming up in just a few minutes, let's see, probably about five minutes from right now, we're going to jump back into the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Today is day number 95. On this Tuesday the 2nd, we are 95 days from September the 5th. The kickoff, what around here anyway, for now, what is scheduled to be the kickoff of the college football season around here, that first full Saturday, September 5th. We're 95 days away, so we have the countdown coming up at the bottom of this hour. It'll be team number 95, who I was thinking about it yesterday. This team is not in the Power Five, but they are on the schedule of some Power Five teams, and I think you'll find it interesting. Got that. And I want to throw something in your lap about Dak Prescott. It's an article I came across that debunks some thoughts, and the reason I want to say it is because I heard somebody basically get on national radio and tell a big old fat lie. Just lie right through their teeth. So we're going to set the record straight on Dak. And other quarterbacks as well. ESPN took a... uh, a swing at leveling up the, the field of quarterbacks this year in the SEC. And what about your Rebels and Bulldogs? And I'll tell you what they said about it. That's all coming up in the show right around the corner. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. On the show, welcome in to the Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. I'm Matt Wyatt. Beaver is here, and you're here. You can be a part of the show. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Text away. You can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's 995 059. What do you want to talk about? Whatever's fine with me. Hit me up. As I mentioned coming up, I'm going to set the record straight. I heard a big talking head um, national person that got on the air and just told a bold-faced lie about Dak Prescott. I'll tell you, and there's some proof out there. I'll give you what that is. But right now, let's continue something we started last week. Uh, I, I I feel as though I need to qualify it every time I bring it up just because it is brand new for this year. And that is the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. 100 teams, 100 days. Today is number 95, so team number 95 on this list. And 
just so you know, I guess you'll get curious. You might want to look ahead. The team that or the list that I'm using is uh, the ESPN Football Power Index, and it is for 2020, and they do list them all the way out um, you know, at this point of year. And they might change a little bit as the closer we get. But anyway, team number 95 is the Troy Trojans from the Sun Belt. And um, you are familiar. You've played them. And you're going to play them in the future. I, as a matter of fact, the future schedule, I'm almost certain, has a a home and home with Troy for Mississippi State. I don't know. I know that Ole Miss has played them. I just don't know if there's a future uh, deal with there with Troy. But y'all know where they are. It's, it's over in Alabama. It's on Highway 231 between Montgomery and Dothan. Like if you you get on uh, Highway 231 South in Montgomery and just head south. You're going to be headed towards Dothan. You're going to be see signs for Dothan, and in between there, you're going to go through Troy. And it's a pretty neat little town up on top of a hill. they got a great campus and certainly a really good football program. Historically, what you kind of know about Troy is even before they were in the Sunbelt Conference, they were very, very competitive. They took a lot of transfers. They would get transfers coming out of Alabama and Auburn over there in the state of Alabama. Uh, their head coach, Larry Blakeney, for uh, for many, many years, he's retired now, but for many, many years, Larry Blakeney running that program at Troy, you know, they recruited well in the state of Alabama, but he did. He'd get those transfers that would come out of D1 and give them a chance, and he'd get transfers out of Florida State and others. He had been on the staff at Auburn for a while and, and made contacts in the D1 world. They They would get a lot of transfers. And mixed that in with a lot of under-recruited kids in South Alabama, Central Alabama, and had very competitive teams. And uh, back when they were one double A, and they move up into Division One, get themselves in the Sun Belt, and they've just been good. And so after Blakeney retired, um, Neil Brown, you know, took over as the head coach. He was there four years, and his first year after Larry Blakeney retired. Neil Brown went four and eight at Troy. You're like, okay, well, that ain't too good. But then they went ten and three, eleven and two, and ten and three, and that landed him the job at West Virginia. Neil Brown is now the head coach at West Virginia, replaced Dana Holgerson, who left to go to Houston. That's the whole carousel thing. But in those three years, there's no question they were in bowl games, ten wins, eleven wins, ten wins. They were one of the best group of five programs in the country under Neil Brown, and at times they were under Blakeney. So he goes to West Virginia, and Troy hired Chip Lindsey. Now, that's a familiar name to a lot of people in the state of Mississippi. Chip Lindsey spent some time on the staff at Southern Miss with um, Todd Munkin. That's right. Okay, so... If I have all these connections right, <laughs> Chip Lindsey, he's like Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Lindsey, you trace his coaching career all the way back to the high school ranks in Alabama. At one point, Chip Lindsey was the high school head coach of Nick Mullins, who then went to Southern Miss. Later, Chip Lindsey goes to Southern Miss, coached Nick Mullins at Southern Miss under Munkin. We know the Nick Mullins story. He's a one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL for the 49ers and has been more than a backup at time for them at times for them more than serviceable uh, tough kid out of Southern Miss 
Chip Lindsey has worked his way around, coached here and there after the Southern Miss thing and wound up getting the head coaching job at Troy. He's the head coach now. And so they are on the schedule this year at Troy for Tennessee. In fact, uh, some Tennessee folks at uh, Go Vols 247 did a nice little preview and kind of point out a, a lot of details about this particular Troy team that's on Tennessee's schedule this year. I mentioned that. They're going to start the year in 95 days, Troy will, by hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. They have hosted big-time D1 teams in Troy before. They hosted Missouri many years ago. They they hosted Oklahoma State in Troy one time, what, 10, 12 years ago, beat them. You'll remember that in 2000 and – let me see if I can get this right. Around 2011, 2011, 2012, they hosted Mississippi State at Troy – and it was a close game that State won right at the end when Tyler Russell threw a back-of-the-end-zone acrobatic, amazing, drag-your-toe catch by Chad Bumpfus, and that's what it took to win that game at Troy with an SEC team in there. Um, and so let's see. Troy will be at Tennessee in late November, and uh, that's Troy from the Sun Belt. So there's your countdown for today, 95 days from today. We're going to kick it off on September the 5th. Tomorrow, team number 94. Go ahead and peek ahead if you want to. Do your own homework, and uh, you can correct me wherever and whenever uh, I'm wrong. All right, let me jump over here. Uh, The country pleasing text line, Jason in Flagstaff, just sent me a text, and he goes, okay, if it's bad about Dak, then I know it's a lie. The worst that even Ole Miss homers can say about him is, uh, he pooped his pants at one game. <laughs> if he were a bad guy, we'd have known about it by now. Well, and it has nothing to do with him personally, Jason. What I was talking about setting the rec- record straight on Dak facts. Uh, we got to we got to just make a website, huh? Just we just create a website. We're just gonna call it Dak facts. But no, what this was is, um, listen, I have not been a consumer here recently. I used to be a huge fan of Colin Cowherd just because it fit my schedule to listen to Colin's show. I don't get to anymore. But I was on YouTube the other night and a clip came across my suggested feed. I clicked on it and one of the first things out of his mouth was look, Dak doesn't have any game-winning drives. He doesn't win enough games. He doesn't have any game-winning drives. And I immediately clicked X and went out of it because that is an absolute it's just utter nonsense for somebody who supposedly has sources and information and keeps up with this stuff to even say that. It's just not even remotely true. There is an article at ESPN.com right now. It's on the front page. It's written by their senior writer, Bill Barnwell, probably their foremost writer. And what he does is he goes through every knock that people have tried to make on Dak Prescott. And then he uses numbers and facts to either support or deny it. And what I found by reading it is that everything that they, according to him, everything that they knock about him, you know, or they knock his game or say he doesn't do this or do that, he looks at the numbers to take a closer look. And, in fact, it's false. It's just I don't know how else to put it. It's just false. <laughs> Listen to this. Okay, here's one example. Number two on Bill Barnwell's list of things about Dak Prescott. 
Number two, it says Prescott isn't clutch when it matters most. Is the knock on him criticism? He looked it up. He put down the numbers. Here's what it said. By the numbers, Prescott has led eight fourth-quarter comeback victories. That means you're behind when the fourth quarter started. Eight fourth-quarter comeback victories and 14 game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. It says he has done more in those situations than either Wentz, who has six comebacks and eight game-winning drives, or Goff, six comebacks, seven winning drive, game-winning drives. Over the past four seasons, Prescott is tied for fifth in the league in fourth-quarter comebacks and tied for third in game-winning drives. So here's what I would say. I had somebody last week that texted the show, and they said, how come y'all always feel, you always feel like you have to uh, prop up Prescott? Well, I'm, I don't feel as though it's my responsibility to prop him up. I'm a fan of his. That's what I am. I, so it's not even my job or my place to prop anybody up. I'm just a fan. But what I think is it can be my job is at least for you listening to my show is to know that just because a guy with lights over his head and a hair and makeup artist at a show on the West Coast has a YouTube video from his show that says Dak Prescott doesn't have any game-winning drives. It is an absolute bold-faced lie. It's not incorrect. It's not a mistake. It's just pure lying. You know what? And it's coming from a high place. So think for yourself and read for yourself. The numbers don't lie. And the numbers in his contract, when it happens between now and July 15th, they're not going to lie either. Hour two coming up. 